an Atlanta sports fan. Get the latest here first. It's about us. It's about our strength. WZGC Atlanta and WZGC HD1. Always live and free on the Odyssey app. Atlanta Sports Radio. 92.9. The game. CJ. I see you, Day Day. Let's go. This ain't no takeout. Welcome to the steakhouse. Come on in. This ain't no takeout. You're entering the steakhouse. The three strikes. Things I learned. Let's talk it. What's on your mind? Is it a falcon? Yeah. Gray? Huh? Hawks? Yeah. United? They're barking. They're biting when them dogs get excited. Uh-huh. It's steak. It's Sandra. Rusty and Drew New Anthem. The game when you riding with me rolling through Atlanta. This ain't no takeout. Welcome to the steakhouse. This ain't no takeout. You're entering the steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Thanks to our buddy, what is CJ. it? CJ. for putting that together. Oh, good. Uh, top of the hour, 10 o'clock. Are we ready to go with our buddy here? Uh-oh, not yet. Big news in the world of golf, if I can just get to breaking news. John Rahm is the latest to leave for live. Uh, the monetary amount, not out yet, but he will be the high. It'll be the biggest deal for a golfer yet. The John biggest Rome. live deal, and that's a lot of money. So, uh, by the way, 9 o'clock hours brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One-day treatment, life-changing results, advancedhair.com. Um, the, you know, the, the live partnership with the PGA, nobody's really figured it out yet. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're going to be together. To they haven't figured it out either? Yeah, I mean, and because— And then you can say the partnership, and they go, well, it's not yet. It's not no, really a partnership, a and it's business as usual mm-hmm. next week, right? But it's not business. Uh, eventually, it'll be combined. And but ha- but now they're handing over a bucket of money to John Rahm, who is the most ridiculous mm-hmm. golfer. Who must realize, well, we're all going to be together in two years. What's Roy McIlroy saying? Because John Rahm's saying it's not like I'm there forever. Because we're going to be one in the next couple of years. Yeah. The question is, what are the penalties? Now, I was talking to somebody. I think it was Drew or somebody's like. You know the biggest jerks on the PGA Tour, the most disliked guys. Those are the now he, Rom isn't one, but Dustin Johnson was, um, Patrick uh, Reed was for mm-hmm. sure. Phil Mickelson, a lot of people considered a total fraud. Think Bubba Watson, like all the guys that have the personality uh, challenges in terms of uh, the fan base, they're all over there. John Rom isn't that guy. Right, John right. Rom is, you know, or you're old enough that you know. But uh, if I'm John Rom, I'm like. Hmm, there's a lot of zeros. I know. And, and they how were long. all coexisting. And now you know you're not going to be – now you know you're going to be playing in majors. Like, it, it, it's like you know that eventually they're going to be together. So, um, anyway, 10.05 the time. We're yeah. supposed to talk to Jamal Anderson mm-hmm. coming up. We hope that happens because we've got a lot of other stuff to get to. So, they're reuniting the 1998 Super Bowl team at yes. Falcons game this Sunday. So, I can tell you my, my experiences say. with that Super Bowl run, which was a fascinating year mm-hmm. – that's the definition of like you know what, what how it, how magical it is when you're in a town and it comes out of nowhere. That team with Dan Reeves who who has to go down because of heart issues during right, the season. Right. Rich Brooks, I believe it was, former Oregon coach. He takes over. Steve Deberg takes over for a few games that season. We just keep rolling and rolling. I think we're fourteen and two or something like that. But but the Vikings are loaded. Randall Cunningham, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Robert Smith, Chris Dolman. They're just um, they're they're 
a ferocious 15 and one dominant team. We go there in the NFC Championship game as huge underdogs. Mm-hmm. It's the only time I've been at a game where Sandra, if you were sitting a, a literally four inches from me, and we could not have a conversation. Mm-hmm. It was the old Metrodome. It was the loudest building to this day I've ever been in. Uh, we get to go back then with press credentials. They really didn't. They weren't overly analytical about like when you got down there mm-hmm. or where you stood. Mm-hmm. Now you have to stand right in a spot in the back oh, yeah. in the end zone, right? If they even let you down now, right? It's it's so press we're press. down there for the fourth quarter, and I'm down there with Nick and Chris. And we're just going up and down with it. With we're following the ball, and Evander Holyfield is standing with us. So it's like the four of us, just like on the field watching the Falcons. I know Gary Anderson has that kick. He's perfect on the year, like forty-one or forty-one. They're up by seven. There's two minutes left. Gary Anderson hits the field goal. They're up by ten. There's two minutes left. They they do the the uh, the Vikings cannon or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and then you're like, oh, we're down ten, and then somebody's like, dude. The, the, he didn't make it like they just that was a mm-hmm. premature uh, blow up right there. Um, and and something that a lot of the guys I was standing next to could relate to. So uh, yeah. so they 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 <laughs> they shoot that and we realize, bro, they, they didn't. We're still only down seven. Yeah. And there's a buck 50 left in the game. And Chris Chandler takes that team right down the friggin field with the place going. Absolutely. Imagine they're headed to the Super Bowl with a Super Bowl team that's going to play John Elway and the Broncos versus Randall Cunningham and the Vikings, all they got to do is get one stop. Mm-hmm. And Chandler takes him right down the field. He hits Terrence Mathis with a touchdown pass, and now we're in overtime. And there's two possessions there back and forth. And next thing you know, we make O.J. Santiago makes a big play. Um, we had some little white wide receiver. I forget what the kid's name. He makes a play. The most unlikely dudes. And then Morton Anderson kicks that sucker home, and we're standing on the field. Dan Reeves is doing the Dirty Bird. And uh, Dan Reeves is doing the Dirty Bird, and it's like the Did Atlanta that Falcons really are going. Yeah. yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. We're in the and locker Gary room. Anderson hadn't missed a kick. All year, All never year. missed. That's right. And Morton Anderson. And the other now- thing there, think about this back then. We were like, you know, seven night of the zone. Like, we're going to broadcast. We weren't even the flagship. We're going to be in the team hotel. So if you're a Falcon player and you walked into your hotel, there's a radio station live in the lobby that is just grabbing players. I remember being in and out of the elevators with these guys. That would never yeah, happen now. Yep. Yeah. We just are like, yeah, call the GM. We're going to stay at the hotel and we're mm-hmm. going to broadcast. And, you know, now it's so much more, you know, buttoned up and, yeah. and tight uh, – so much more. And uh, that's the night that Buckhead lost its mind, that we were all watching together. I was at the $3 cafe. We had friends in town. And we're like, no, no, we're going to watch that Falcons game. Yep. And it was phenomenal. Joining us now, longtime buddy, Jamal Anderson, honoring the 1998 team. How you doing, Jam? Been a while. Is he there? Okay. Uh, it's 10-10. We're going to take a break and try to figure out what's going on. That's this right. is a radio moment right here. Mm-hmm. At least I had a good anecdote to tell mm-hmm. about uh, the Falcons. And it does seem like a long ways away. Now, should we talk about what happened um, later, this game below later on? Yeah, should we not get into all that? Well, <laughs> it's like the Titanic. If you just stop the movie when they're dancing. So Eugene Robinson wins Man of the Year yeah. award because he's awesome. And then he was not with the team because he got arrested. Right. So forget about that. We're honoring the 1998 team for different reasons. 
Good reason. And thought we were going to talk to Jamal, but here's what we're going to do. When we come back, lots to get to. Um, The king of television passes away. And what else do we want to tell you about? Uh, A new place opening that is pretty spectacular over in, where is it, Roswell? or uh, Mm -hmm. uh, A new place for 71-year-old men to tear their knee up in epic (laughs) fashion. That's coming up on uh, Belly Up. Steak and Sandro. We're going to break. Take That's a breath. what we're doing. We're D- going to deep's break. Deep's in. We're fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that when we come back on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 929 The Game. 1018 Sports Radio 929 The Game. Steak Shapiro, Sandra Golden. On the fastest two hours in radio, I know what this guy's thinking. Like, is this guy? Can this guy do anything else? Like, I was covering it. We had a we had a Monday night show all planned. Twenty well, how many years? Twenty five years ago, Steak and uh, Jamal were doing a Monday night show, and then he went and got injured. Oh. And ever since then, it, it's put a lot of tension between our uh, relationship. But Jamal Anderson joining us right now. I know you're wondering how I'm still on the radio in Sandra. Is that what you're thinking, Jam? Living legend. <laughs> I mean, you, first of all, both of you, both of you, Sandra, yes, Sandra, lady. come on. I know. You know, you, you're, you're one of the goats in the Atlanta radio, too. Well, you're sweet to say that. I think what you mean is we're super old. <laughs> I mean, listen, 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 the voice of the people is the voice of the people. You know what I mean? It's always, it's always great to join you guys, old friends. I'm, I'm over here singing the jingle. Like, I remember the morning. Yeah. I remember. We went from we had the whole station down there, and oh, then I man. bounced over to ninety-two. So we've been we've been moving, man. No doubt, Jamal Anderson with us. We're honoring the nineteen ninety-eight Super Bowl team this Sunday at Mercedes Benz. I'm going to ask you the cliched question. Uh, I think you were in year four at the time in ninety-eight. Five. Five. You're mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. Uh, when yep. do you, when do you start to get a sense that? Um, I'm looking around this locker room, and I'm looking how, you know, training camp is going. It's, you know, long-ass practice and everything else going on. But when do you start to think, I think we had the pieces here to make a real run? Honestly, the, the like the end of 97. Because, so, like, remember, Dan Reeves came in in 97, and we, 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 we shucked. Basically, we were running, so let me see, for modern people would understand, the Colts were running basically the run and shoot. Peyton and the Colts were running the run and shoot. We were doing that before those guys, and it was actually called the run and shoot. They they gave it a bunch of different names. Yep. But Coach Coach Reeves comes in, and he changes everything, like the offense. I mean, I'm talking about two tight ends, one tight end, most of the time a fullback, which I had never had a fullback in front of me. Like, I'm talking about my entire running career. So I, a complete adjustment for me. And then I remember they were like, because of what happened in 96 and finishing the year so strong, it was like, oh, SI's saying you're going to lead the league. And I got hurt in the second week of that season. And I wasn't healthy until like the middle of the season. But we didn't really under, we didn't really get a great understanding of his offense and the crazy terminology and everything until weeks into that year. And, you know, figuring out Chandler and, you know, understanding of what we needed to do in the offense and the protections and everything else and the defense coming together. So we started 
the second half of 97, we finished, you know, we were on the precipice of having the greatest turnaround in NFL history, and we ended up losing that last game in Arizona. But the second half of 97, we were 6-2. and two. We were rolling. And so when we got to 98, I mean, from training camp, just the energy and the talent, and, you know, we had, um, you know, brought Brooking in and, you know, Tim Dwight and a couple other pieces, and it was just like Tony Martin. And uh, Tony Martin was like, I mean, for me, a godsend. And, you know, I, I think people forget, obviously, um, you know, that season in 98, that Terrence and Tony, they averaged over 17 yards a catch, wow. you know? Yep. So what a, yeah, so what a, what a value that is for me. And obviously Chris Chandler's year, but I felt like, in in training camp, man, you I think you were around there. Yeah, we you were there. Were you, yeah, we were you guys at Furman at the time? Where was training camp? Yep, yep. You yep. remember we were we were yes, we were in Furman. So we were um, we were like in between. This is when they were building Flowery. I mean, Flowery Branch. Now, I mean, the thing is like <laughs> it's like a city now. But I remember when it <laughs> when the when they were in the process of building that building, it was just. It's crazy, man, and that's where we were. We were in Furman for a couple of years because after doing training camp for so many years at the Falcon Inn in Swanee, which I wish that building was still there. That would be classic. That was a cool place. So, so I uh, love that place, Jam. Um, you had all the pieces. You, you, they are they are wearing you out. Back in the day, they didn't think about two back, three back carries, load yeah. load management. You and Terrell Davis, Terrell Davis over in the AFC, Jamal right. Harris in the NFC, and right. and. It's not that you weren't a recognized player, and and those who don't know the history of Jamal Anderson, his dad was a famous security officer for Muhammad Ali and Michael Jackson. You'd been around stars. You understood stars, but all of a Mm -hmm. sudden you were the biggest name in the NFL, you and maybe one or two other guys. How did life change? A kid out of Utah, Falcons weren't a team anybody cared about. All of a sudden you were everywhere midway through that season, right? Yeah, and, you know, I think it's – I, I, a lot of uh, also it was crazy because like my jersey sales you know I was a seventh round pick 201 mm-hmm. and it was like do they sell my jersey <laughs> and from they went from, I went from do they sell my jersey to like number four in the league you know and then you got people in other parts of the country I mean it got so crazy I remember like the off season after the Super Bowl I went over to do like some world league games for Fox broadcast some games for Fox there's like 10,000 people in Germany doing the Dirty Bird better wow. than me. I'm like, what? So it was it was wild, man. But you know what? It was I think it was everything like it was a special time in the city then, as yeah. you know. I mean, Atlanta in the yes, Atlanta in the late 90s was like you know the you know Outkast was in their prime. You got Jermaine Dupree doing this thing. The city we just had so many different spots. Uh, downtown was fantastic. I just feel but, like the energy was great, and you had a – what you about to say, Buckhead? Well, yeah, Buckhead. But we, we threw a party in Buckhead. Yes. We weren't even the yeah. 790 to zone. First of all, we invited every defensive lineman in the bomb squad, right? So imagine yes. – and Chuck Smith were like, hey, we'll buy everybody drinks. Just come to Buckhead. Next thing you know, we got eight, ten thousand 10,000 people outside the Villa, East Village Grill mm-hmm. Lodge, and Chuck, mm-hmm. roll, Chuck rolls in with Shane Dronette, Travis <laughs> Hall – um, right. Himself, uh, Pierce Holt, Lester yep. Ar- Lester Archambault, Archambault, and the yep. dude who's the dude who played the ukulele. 
Um, so, oh, 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 Israel. Yeah. Is, uh, uh, no, you're talking about. Um, He's a Hawaiian kid. He's a Hawaiian kid. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Um, and oh so, look, so they're, dude, they're all just like, it's like, we don't have a VIP. It's like, oh, here's our nine Falcons. And they're yeah. like, they're like three days away from leaving for the Super Bowl. There's 10,000 people in Buckhead. Right. And we bring right. in a Bronco, and people uh, drove in a Bronco. We started smashing, and we gave somebody a Super Bowl. <laughs> Super Bowl yeah. tickets. But the city, you're right. Everybody was partying then. The city was yeah. on fire. And, yeah. and you were right in the middle of it. Yes. And, you know, I'm glad you brought up the bomb squad because I, I try to bring this up every time I'm doing, like, an NFL network or something else and remind people not only, like, obviously we talked about the previous guys and then my performance. We led the league in sacks. Wow. We led the league in sacks. Yeah. It wasn't, like, close. We were dominant on the defensive side of the ball. We led the league in turnovers. So it's like, you know, from Jesse, obviously Jesse Tuggle, the legend, one of the, to me, arguably the greatest Falcon of all time. I'll fight with anybody about that. Um, you know, Cornelius Bennett, like you said, Chuck Smith. Ray Buchanan. The leader of the bomb Ray, squad. Ray, Ray Buchanan, and a- Ashley Ambrose. Ashley Ambrose. Yes. Ray and Ashley. Will, William White, rest in peace. Unfortunately, won't be with us this weekend. But, uh, yeah, we had a – and Eugene. And Eugene was a big factor. Eugene yep. was huge he was the in the locker room. So. Hey, uh, Jamal yeah. Anderson with us, 1998 team we're talking about on Sports Radio, 92.9 the game. Dan Reeves has a, a serious health issue. Um, you also lose Chris Chandler. So, all of a sudden, there's a game with Rich Brooks as your coach and Steve DeBerg as your quarterback. <laughs> and you guys, by the way, were in the middle of like a seven- or eight-game winning streak at the time. And I think you went right. to St. Louis to play uh, the Rams. Talk about what the team thought when those two things happened. Yeah, it was crazy. I, uh, you know, to Dan, because that was such a surprise to us. I remember getting a call, you know, back then. We didn't have the lovely technology we have now. So I was at the house, and somebody called me and was like, hey, uh, Coach Reeves. I was like, what? And I was just like, what? I didn't, I couldn't really believe it, you know? And um, I was glad that it was something that got uh, addressed uh, immediately and something that his wife recognized and Pam and, you know, rest in peace to coach Reeves. We went to his service, but it was, it was wild. And obviously, you know, Steve DeBerg, <laughs> we want to talk about a, a, a likely story. What was, I think Steve is like my age, I, the age I am now, he's playing in the NFL. You know what I mean? Now, dude, he's I'm like in his forties. Back in the day yeah, when guys don't 44. play. Damn. 44, yeah. yeah. What, and remember now, you don't have the rules that you have now. Right. You Quarterbacks can... would get lit up back then, man. Okay? Yeah. So, like, it wasn't like – it wasn't it wasn't like – they weren't like a protected class in society like they are now. Okay? Yeah, no doubt. And, and they found a way to get Chris Chandler back. Let's talk about the Vikings game. Uh, I, I'd argue – Maybe the greatest team to never win a Super Bowl was the 15-1 and Vikings. They're loaded. they got Hall of Famers yeah. everywhere. Yeah, no question. But you guys, yeah. I don't think there was any intimidation factor, even though they were heavily favored to win that game. Yeah, you know, for us, okay, so you remember what we had to go through. You remember, we had to play the 49ers three times, man. Like, we had to play, like, this is the 49er team with, you know, Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, Bryant Young, Dana Stubblefield, Ken Norton, Steve Young. Wow. You want me to keep going? Yeah. Yeah. Ben McDonald. You know what I mean? 
So we had to play them three times. We, we had been in dogfights, and we were a scrappy team. We were winning. Yes, we were winning games, but we were still fighting and competing and battling teams and, you know, having to win games. I remember we played the Colts, like, at late in December, Peyton's rookie year, and we're in a dogfight with them. And this, this is just the league. And at the end of the day, you just want to win those games. So I say all this to say we were like, what is Minnesota going to do when we still stand in there in the eighth round, in the 12-round battle, okay? We're going to still be here. We're going to take as many punches as we need to. We're going to still be here. They hadn't been in a game all year. No, they were. They have, that, that's they the greatest offense. Everybody. That was Randall at his prime, Randy Moss yeah. as a young receiver, Chris Carter at his prime, Robert Smith at his prime, Chris Tolman at his prime. Yeah. Like, yeah. every guy, and they're winning by 30 or 40 points a week. They're blowing everybody out. And so here we go. We're coming up here. We're like, we, we understand what we need to do. And, and, and the best part about this whole thing is once we realized, like, they were throwing everything at me and they were like, we're going we're gonna to make sure he's not the one to beat us, man, Chris Chandler, Terrence Mathis, Tony Martin, O.J. Santiago, Tim Dwight. I mean, we put on – it's one of my favorite games, and it's not – obviously from a – Statistical point of view, I, I ended up I ended up really good and scored the first touchdown. But it's one of my favorite games because I had some of the biggest blocks in my career that led to some of the biggest passes that led to where we were, and that led to Morton Anderson kicking a field goal to get us into the Super Bowl. Do you remember? I, I love watching games. Yeah. It's like for me, as a complete running back, it's not like oh I got 200 yards that game. Who cares? I had eight catches. Wow! I, I still ran the eight ball. Eight catches. I had a, Imagine, yes. like, this day and age, a guy carrying it 30, 35 times also. And, and you don't look like, no defense, you don't look like Reggie Bush coming out of the backfield. No doubt. No doubt. And you know what's crazy? This was one of, this was one of my favorite parts. Of the, and God, man, I wish I would have never got hurt, obviously. But my thing was the versatility. And it's like, if you actually go back and watch what I was doing, I remember, like, when June Jones was our coach one spring, in 96, in the offseason, I didn't even play running back. He was like, your hands are too good. We're going to put you in slot. I had 60 catches wow. that year. No like way. I, and, and wow. Yeah. Never, never yeah, knew I'm, that. I'm, I covered that team. Never never even thought. You were running out of the slot, similar to like a Cordero, yeah. Cordero Patterson type thing, and you're doing yeah, that. I'm basically, I'm basically a heavy-ass a heavy Debo <laughs> Samuels, okay? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so. Jam- Jamal Anderson with us, talking about the 1998 team, the most incredible run. Falcons end up um, in the Super Bowl, where you score first in the Super Bowl, and then things kind of go south. Listen, life is full of ups and downs and roller coasters. You've had it in your life. The Falcons had it even in those playoffs. Mm-hmm. What do you learn right. from the adversity for yourself? What do you learn from the adversity of what happened in Miami, and, and what do you take from that later in life? Yeah, you know, it was a it was a it was a tremendous accomplishment. Obviously, we were we were disappointed, um, but it was a tremendous accomplishment. And you look at uh, the great memories and the run to get there, and what we had to do to get there. And 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 quite frankly, being an organization that nobody thought could get there, you know, yeah. and, and doing it first for the Falcons, it would have been fantastic. And I we have such fond memories because the send off. I mean, thousands of people meeting us at Flowery Branch. I mean, no, at, in Swanee and 
all the people that were there to send us off to uh, Miami. And even when we lost the thousands of people that met us downtown to celebrate our season, we just we have tremendous memories of all of those things and also just a great group of guys. I'm really excited uh, to see everybody and, and happy that uh, everybody is doing really, really well right now in their lives and, and excited to just to just get with the guys again and uh, and celebrate the season. Chris Chandler coming? Chris Chandler is coming. Nice. Chris Chandler is coming, crew. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm Chris. very excited to see him. Well, yep. you're one of the great stars the city's ever had, so that was the, that was a year, man. I was thrilled. I only, I'd only lived in Atlanta for three years, and oh, that, wow. that might have been the most fun season ever. All right, I'll see you on Sunday, I hope, Jam. All right, buddy. Take care. There he is, Jamal Anderson. He, uh, those are vivid memories. They really are. As soon as he starts talking about stuff, I'm like, oh, yeah. He gets excited. Yeah. Hey, we'll come back. That's good. I'm glad uh, you talked to him. we got to play three strikes. we got to talk about Norman Lear and uh, tell you Chris Chandler's story, too. Sports Radio 929 <laughs> Back to more of the fastest and most fun two hours in radio. It's the Steakhouse. Yeah, let's go. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. <laughs> 1042 Sports Radio 929 the game. Lots more fun and shenanigans coming. We'll play three strikes, we'll belly up, all kinds of stuff. But first, the big game of the night, baby. Big game of the night. Uh, we got like the rivalry of the Steelers mm-hmm. and the Patriots. Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady used to slug it out with each used other. To. Games in Pittsburgh. Yeah. The Steelers without those classic uniforms. Belichick coming in with New England. Oh, man. Woo! It's going to be good tonight, man. It's just. Bailey Zappi. And who's who's playing for uh, Pittsburgh? And Mitch, Tra- Mitch Trubisky. Uh, think, think about Thursday Night That football. line is only five and a half. Don't you find that weird? At home? That, that's, that's a real, that's, that's a real te- testament to the Pittsburgh Steelers, how they're perceived, right? Yeah. I mean, New England, I don't know how they could ever win another game. Yeah. Do you know the Patriots, Sandra, have held their opponents under uh, 10 points, under 10 points, three straight weeks, and they're 0-3. That hasn't happened since 1937 or something. Like, that's one of the most god-awful. Like, Bill Belichick is so fired. That will be the whole conversation, the end of the end of everything for New England. Anyway, that's tonight. Five and a half. You like Pittsburgh? I like Pittsburgh. Five and a half. You can listen to all the action right here on the game. 92.9. Here's our three strikes. Then we're going to play some belly up. Mm -hmm. The losing Super Bowl team you remember most. The losing Super Bowl team you remember most. Your favorite TV theme song. And how old were you at your heaviest weight? How old? I was thinking about Jamal. Big guy. He talked about he was like a oversized Depot Samuel, which was a great way to describe. Never thought about how often he used to catch the ball. And that I ju- forgot all those numbers that he had 60, 60 touchdowns. 60 ca- no, no. Ca- yeah, 60, 60 catches, catches t- yeah. numerous touchdowns. That's amazing. Was one of the top 15 rushing seasons in NFL history in 98. But not only, but his point is not only did he rush for 1,800 yards, he caught it out of the backfield. Did he say he had six or eight catches in that NFC title game? Eight catches? Damn. Think about that. Like a Derrick Henry with eight catches, too. He'd be a hell of a fantasy player. All right, we ready to uh, belly up? 
What's everyone talking about? Yo, yo, what's the deal? We've got you covered. As we belly up. On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. By the way, phone number 404-726-0929. The losing Super Bowl team you remember most. Your favorite TV theme song. And how old were you at your heaviest? What you got, girl? Um, Norman Lear passing away, and this happened today. He's 105, 101. It's incredible. Which, which is not he's not 105, I don't think. Listen, which is 101. It? You did 101. You just gave a four-year, you just gave him four extra years. 101. So I want to read you this. Norman Lear lived to 101. Bob Hope, 100. George Burns, 100. Carl Reiner, 98. Phyllis Diller, 95. It goes on and on and on. So there's something to might be said to laughter. Old, like, yeah, and old, laugh. old comics. So right? good, yeah. So uh, I, I wrote this in CBS the email. Sunday Morning did an interview with him at 100. Jane Polly was there. Do you remember seeing I that? I do. And not yeah. only that, he. you remember when they would do the segments? Uh, when Jimmy would, Kimmel brought back the episodes? Yeah, the live episodes. And he would sit there and he was yeah, so cool Kimmel. and with it and all that. So it just got me thinking about some of the greatest TV in the 70s and how controversial Dude, it was. Dude, he was so far in front of everybody else. The, the portrait of Archie Bunker and Carol O'Connor playing him is, I'm sorry, probably the most uh, fascinating written TV character of all time. And the racist stuff that he'd say and the, the you know, just write, put it out there. You know, he didn't like blacks or Jews or yep. Irish or whatever. But then he had this heart, the relationship with Maureen Stapleton playing Edith Bunker. Then the shows that come off of that. Sanford and Son, Good oh, Times. Red Fox. Jefferson, Are you freaking kidding me, dude? One Day at a Time. Red, Red, Red Fox. In Sanford and Son, are you freaking kidding me about an iconic uh, comedic role, right? It, it was brilliant. And, I mean, i that's why I was asking the younger folks around here, are y'all aware my, of those shows and how controversial it was? My and- favorite show of all time was Good Times. Like, there's nothing as I was growing up as a 8-year-old, 6, 8, 10-year-old, whatever. It, yeah. Jimmy Walker, um, John Amos, Esther Roll yep. playing Florida yep. Evans. Janet Jackson playing the next-door neighbor's kid. Jimmy Walker, Kid Dynamite. Like, Good Times was everything. Yeah. Uh, And I remember, I mean, with my father watching Sanford and Son, and my dad just loved Fred Sanford. He just thought that was the funniest show. So just a shout-out to him of good stuff. And I wonder in your... There it is. Most famous, maybe one of the most famous open of a TV show of all time. All right, what else we got, ma'am? Uh, we have time for other stuff. Pickleball Social is opening, and it actually opened. Yes, uh, today it's opening. And the pomp and circumstance surrounding this place and what it looks like, and I will tweet this. Wow. It's like top golf on steroids. So you're going to be able to play pickleball. There's a sports bar. There's food. It's Cocktails. Everything. Yes. There's uh, ping pong. Yes. Um, but it's like a full Entertainment experience. Everything. Yeah. Um, so I'm just continuing. They're gonna have a. They're the- gonna have a medical team standing by. <laughs> the, the, the fifty. EMS the fifty-nine year old dude who hasn't played sports in like eleven years has his fifth beer and says, "I'll give it a shot." What the hell? Give me that paddle. How hard could this? Ah! Ah! So ah! True. Yeah. A lot of injuries. Oh my a lot, god! A lot funny. of orthopedics. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I, I don't think we have time for anything Just, else. Do we have Luka Doncic ready to go yeah. by any chance? What happened to him? By the way, uh, the 10 o'clock hour is brought to you by Man, man Cave. Cave. Go get you some Man Cave. Visit mancavestore.com.
Tom. Dallas Mavericks last night yeah. win by 40. I'm talking to Luka Doncic after the game. Losing two games at home is disappointing. I imagine it's pretty important to come out here and get this win and get it in 50 point. That's re that's resounding fashion. Yeah, uh, the point I said before the game, you know, we just can't f around and uh, we just oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's good. They won by 40 and they beat Utah and he had 40. All so, right, that's, sometimes you lose your mind. That is belly up. 404-726-0929. We also want to mention Clark Howard is doing okay. He had heart surgery. And his wife comes out and announces that he is good to go. The procedure went well. Yeah. Thinking uh, of him. Talk about a living legend, that guy. Yeah, uh, I'll Clark say. Howard for sure. All right, we got some phone calls here. Ready to play a little. Uh... So, what's your take? I'm very upset. It's time for you to sound off with three strikes. Bring it the f on! On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 929, the game. All right, we'll take Mikey. In Atlanta. Hey, Mikey, uh, Mikey Indicator, the losing Super Bowl team you remember? It's got to be the 21 Cincinnati Bengals. Favorite TV theme song? It's got to be, I'm old school, Hill Street Blues. I love that show so much. Dad Steven Bochco, mm -hmm. tremendous. How old were you at your heaviest? Uh, 22. I was uh, 266, and I'm down to 201 right now. Good for you, buddy. Way to go. My favorite TV theme song. I don't, there's so there's many. so many. But this one, your dad must have loved. Oh. So good. The Rockford Files. The Rockford Files. James Garner. You talk about a man's man. So I'm a mayor. I'm a mayor. I'm James Garner. I'm Jim Rockford. Oh. Freaking love that song. Yeah, me too. Bruce in Atlanta. Hey, uh, Bruce. Uh, losing Super hey, hey, buddy, thanks for calling. Losing Super Bowl team you remember? Oh, it has to be Atlanta. I know, I know. I know. Not that I love Atlanta so much, but I really hate New England. Uh, favorite TV theme song? As you guys mentioned it already, Snapper and Son. Yeah, so, so good. good. How old were you at your heaviest weight? 42. I was 245 pounds. How are we doing now? About 198. Good job. Uh, let's get Larry, our buddy, in the truck, who is always feels good about you. Always feel good about us, right, Larry? What's going on? Of course I do. How y'all doing today? Hey, Larry. Who's the uh, losing Super Bowl team you remember? Uh, Dallas Cowboys and the against the Steelers. Favorite TV theme song? Uh, I was going to say Sanford and Son, but it's been said the whole time. But I still love it. Doesn't matter. How old? Quincy Jones. How, how old were you? Your heaviest. Uh, I had just gotten married. I was 19 years old, and I swelled up from 200 to 225. All right. All that cooking. Thanks for that. <laughs> Fat and happy. Thanks for yeah. the call. Losing Super Bowl teams. There, there's a lot. I mean, we have the all-timer here, I guess. Uh, yes, you Although, do. Although, if you, if you hate the Patriots, you'd love mine, because I was at the 18-0 game with all my buddies from Boston. Yeah. Right? And you're sitting there like, um, who is that little fellow that just caught that pass? That little, munch, that little munchkin <laughs> that Rodney Harris just, like, eliminated. Mm. Who is that? Mm. Oh, this isn't ending well, right? Um, Where was that Super Bowl? That was in Arizona, oh, I nice. believe. Also, the Bills team that loses was Scott Norwood. That was a loaded team. Andre Reid, Thurman Thomas, James Lofton, Jim Kelly, Cornelius, the whole deal. Anyway, I think I lost a lot of money in that game, too. It's still still <laughs> Those are the ones you remember. Andy and Randy coming up. Hey, 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 hey. Sports